when I came home, you know, I had to just jump back into motherhood. And it was it was difficult because I really didn't know my kids. I didn't know pretty much. I, they'll write me and tell me what they like, but I really didn't understand, know know too much. And it was it was it was, it was difficult. But then I didn't even really know my husband is, is, and is at the time too because, I mean, I ha- I haven't been with him for like five years. So and how long were you guys together prior to you oh being incarcerated? God. Was it 10 years? Okay. Yeah. So you guys were together 10 years before you went to jail? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, world. Thanks for tuning in to Meet the Shoe podcast. My name is Sade. And I'm Danina. And we are so excited to bring to you some news, just different things to, um, just inform you guys about. And the reason we started this podcast, we've been procrastinating forever. We, you know, we started like two years ago and then we would drop the ball because we're busy doing other things. But today we are launching this and we mean it. <laughs> um, the reason we started this podcast is to, you know, just have information for people that were um, formerly incarcerated. Yeah, formerly incarcerated and some people that are incarcerated try to find programs and stuff for them to be released and released and stay out of the uh, prison system. So what this, I don't know, we came up with the name, we came up with pretty much a lot of different names, but what does it mean to you, Danina? Uh, salute hustlers unapologetically, solidify hustlers unknown means to me people that have risked their life to go to prison, don't know the consequences until they get in trouble. You know, it's easy to get in trouble, very hard to get out of trouble. So everyone that has been released from prison has always dealt with depression or just struggling of trying to prevent themselves from going back to prison. And they never had the right resources or they're struggling with income, um, trying to stay afloat as far as keeping a place to stay, keeping a job because someone's constantly reminding you of your, you know, your felony or any kind of conviction you may have. They're constantly penalizing you and you've done the time already. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get rid of that stigma because you have a felony in your background. So, like you said, it would constantly remind you in every aspect of your life that oh, you're a felon. You got this big stamp on you, and it's like no forgiveness, no redemption for our in our community for people like us. Um, well, a lot of times people, you know, being as though, especially if you're a prior inmate that went to prison for getting money. When you get out, you obviously don't have the money you had before you went. Mm -hmm. So when you get home, it's really hard to adapt to pennies, basically. You know, the minimum wage is $7.50 and rent is $1,200. Right. I mean, that's just for a decent place. That's anywhere you got to pay at least $1,200 for rent. Um, you could roommate with people, but you've been locked up and you've been roommating with people for however many years or time that you've done. So mm-hmm. 
you definitely don't want a roommate with anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're just here as a platform to give out information, to give out support, and to basically just be a platform for people that and families that have went through, uh, you know, a family member being incarcerated, a close friend, especially the state of the world right now with um, the new laws that are changing that Trump has signed on to release people from prison by giving them more good time. Also, different state laws have changed in each, you know, state. That that was on a federal level that yeah. um, Donald Trump uh, signed the First Step Act into effect, which will take effect probably in July 2019. Um He's going to make it retroactive, so that will release a lot of people from federal prison. Also, he has um, teamed up with Kim Kardashian to release a prior inmate that had a life sentence, and he commuted it and gave it her uh, immediate release after 20 years. Um, and, and what was she in prison for? For a, She had a drug conviction, Okay. like trafficking. Um, she was a minor role, so there really wasn't a reason for her to even be there for 20 years. Wow, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so we're just here as a platform to be supportive to people uh, that has been incarcerated and family members that don't know how to deal with their loved ones returning home. You know, they have a lot of – some loved ones have a lot of issues with – uh, not understanding a person's mindset after being locked up, you know, why they, you know, are so upset or angry all the time. Do you find yourself being angry? Um, at times. At, when I first um, came home, yes, I was angry. I was mad at the system. I was just, just certain things that happened. But in the same same token, I was relieved and happy, but I think because I was in the profession I was in, that I'm in, in the hair industry, I was, it was easy for me to jump on the bandwagon and get a job. Okay, so give us a little description of your first dreams of being released. Like, what did you know that you were going to do? Because if you don't know what you're going to do uh, mm-hmm. upon returning to society, you know, it's easy mm-hmm. for you to fail. If you don't have a plan yeah. written out mm-hmm. or... You know, that you don't have a plug as far as a job and a exactly. and a place to stay when you get home. You know, what dream or goal did you have? What was the first goal that you knocked down when you were released? Well, I had a bunch of goals I set for myself. Mm-hmm. But I think the first and foremost thing was to just reunite with my kids because they were young. Right. Uh, so when I came home, they were like eight and nine years old. So... I had to just get back. And and you have you have a, you have how many kids? I have three. Okay. So my oldest, he's graduated from high school and everything by the time I came home. Okay. So he's in his young twenties and okay. living out of town. So he wasn't living in the home. Okay. So being um, when I came home, you know, I had to just jump back into motherhood, and it was it was difficult because I really didn't know my kids. I didn't know pretty much. I, they'll write me and tell me what they like, but I really didn't understand, know know too much. And it was it was it was difficult. Okay. But then I didn't even really know my husband at the time too because 
I mean, I, I haven't been with him for like five years. So and how long were you guys together prior to you oh being incarcerated? <laughs> what was it? Ten years? Okay. Yeah. So you guys were together ten years before you went to jail? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so he was really like your support system when you got home. Yeah. And he was, um, how did how did the living arrangements go? How did you, um, what did you, what was your first job you did when you got home? First thing, I, well, they had, I didn't have to cook anything the first day, so okay. that was good. Thing, but the first two days, <laughs> but after that, mm-hmm. back into um, motherhood, cooking, cleaning, um, took the kids to school. That next week it was a Thanksgiving holiday, so took them to school, and they were everybody was happy. Okay. But the next step was to find me a job. And it was really hard because well, it was really hard because I had to abide by ISR rules because mm-hmm. I was. And what does ISR? ISR what ISR means. Intense uh, supervision. Some people get a bracelet, and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Because I was in the CIP program, which is the um, boot camp program mm-hmm. to, for early release. So I did get an early release of four years. And then when you cut off my and, and immediately when you're released, you had to go on the ankle bracelet. I didn't have to go on the ankle bracelet because of my I was in the you know Rochester area here, so it's a small community. Okay. So okay. They kept tabs on me by having a daily schedule. Okay. I wrote right out every day what I was supposed to, what I'm doing, where I'm going mm-hmm. for a week, and every week I have to turn that in. Okay. And same token, when I have to when I leave the house, I call before I leave the house. Mm-hmm. I call each destination I go to. I call when I leave, so they kept tabs on me every second. So that kind of frustrated me, mm-hmm. but. I still didn't let that um, bring me down. Uh-huh. So that one week out, I immediately found a job. Okay. So what was your first job? What was your job? I was working at a hair salon. Okay. Uh, one of those um, uh, high class salons. I was the first and only black person working there. Okay. So it broke a barrier. Right. So uh, they sent me to train into New York, and uh, wow. I mean, it, was, it was nice. I I loved it. It's just. So by you networking and stepping outside of yourself, dealing in other communities, Mm -hmm. expanding yourself into other cultures, and dealing with other people, you know, on higher level, did Mm -hmm. that intimidate you any? No, no, it didn't because before then I was working with all classes of, you know, cultures, so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much... Um, so the prison, ten, the penitentiary, prepared you yes. to be diverse. Yes. Okay. It really did. Okay. So I did that job, worked there, and still had to turn in schedule, but I did meet all the goals that I set forth to myself. Okay. Okay. But unlike other people, I know it's difficult because I had a friend that couldn't even find a job. Okay. Because maybe she didn't have that training or that specified training, like. I did. Doing and she hair, was in the hair industry as no, well? No, she was in, you know, trying to find uh, factory work or whatever like that. So everybody would say, oh, you have so a trade. So she didn't have a trade. No, she didn't have a trade. And so that's the difference. Mm-hmm. See, you guys, that's the difference. With Sade, she left and she had a trade that she was already pursuing. She already had a gift and a talent mm-hmm. that she was preparing to her bigger goal that where she is now with owning a salon. Yeah. And putting out products 
at the time when she was in the penitentiary, she visualized it, right? Exactly. And then so your first step was to get out and do first what? Go to work for somebody so you can learn, right? Now, being as though people, the average person that gets out, they don't know what they're going to do. No. So by her being released and, um, you know, a prior, uh, you know, uh, co-inmate that was with you that tried to go, mm-hmm. and you guys are what, in the same halfway house? Uh, we both went to our homes. Oh, okay. Okay. VIP, and she couldn't find couldn't find a job. Okay. And so when you don't find a job, what happens? You're still on restriction where you have to be in the house at a certain time. Did so she have children? Uh, her children wasn't with her at the time, okay. so that was probably okay. a good thing. So she can get out from 10 to 2 every day look job searching. Okay. Okay. So it took her about a month to find something. But everybody asked that felony question. Right. Which sucks. Right. And then she she lived with her family members. Mm-hmm. So when it was time for her to go look for a place, nobody really wanted to give her a place. Wow. So we have that problem. It's like a it's double jeopardy. We serve our time, mm-hmm. do our time, we get out. We're still serving time on the streets. Right. We can't even get housing. Mm-hmm. can't find a decent job because... Hey, red flag. Right. And so what helped you get over the obstacles and uh, just the being stressed out about, man, I don't want to go try to get another job because they're going to ask me again. Mm-hmm. You know, just explaining yourself all well, over again. It's like you're being on trial. Exactly. But you know what? I had got to the point. You know, because I was doing speakers bureau in prison, Mm -hmm. you know, just telling my life story. So I got comfortable with my skin, Mm -hmm. and I didn't care what people thought about me Mm -hmm. and what happened in my life that was in the past. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind telling my testimony. Right. My testimony helped somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like an open book. If Mm -hmm. you ask me, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to sugarcoat anything. So when I first walked in the door, I told the lady what was going on with me. She said, oh, don't worry about it. Okay. You know, she said, we would love to have you here. So, and I just... So you were blessed right yeah, out the gate. Even with the um, moving in, my uh, my husband he had to, he told the guy, look, my wife is getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. I signed the lease. He said, okay, that's no problem. You know, okay. so you just you have some good people here that just give you a chance, mm-hmm. and you just got to keep it and make sure it's right. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I am Danina, and this is Shade, who was just previously speaking. Uh, we just were giving you a little insight on the obstacles that Sade has faced, you know, before and after being released from prison. On the next episode, we will describe what I went through <laughs> prior to being released and from me being released. You can find us on Instagram, Meet the Shoe, and YouTube, Meet the Shoe. Or you can, if you have any questions, if you have any information, or you want to help anyone that has been locked up and, you know, you just want to lend a helping hand and you have information, you can email us at meettheshoe at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.